From the movie house to your widescreen at home, Radio 111's Going to the Cinema and the streaming services on Flicks and Picks with Brian Mendoza. So grab your popcorn and beverage of choice and step into our screening room for our weekly forum on film. Now, here's Brian. The Guardians of the Galaxy are back for one final ride in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And I gotta say, this is probably my favorite of the three. I really genuinely mean that I was emotionally riveted. I was really into this film and I got to say that I was, you know, I was very satisfied with this being the final film in this trilogy within the MCU. I think that it does a lot of good things and especially with how mature it is. You know, I, and when I say this is that people get this impression that James Gunn has never been a mature filmmaker, that he doesn't know how to, you know, give mature thoughts in his films. I, you know what? I don't buy that. I, I've never bought that because he has done things in his films that other filmmakers wouldn't be bold enough to do. In particular, the fact that his male characters are always able to be flawed, but they're also not always going to get the girl. You watch Peacemaker and heck, even the Guardians of the Galaxy movies one and two. And yeah, if you haven't seen those, and I guess spoiler alert for those. But, you know, if you're listening to the re- review for this one then you know what happens. And the fact is that, like, Gamora and Star-Lord don't really get together in the way that a traditional superhero movie would put them together. They are a flawed couple. He's flawed. He has to have things work out for him a certain way in order for him to be, you know, mature enough to handle a relationship with her. And I appreciated that the film doesn't try to give him, like, a secondary love interest in a way that's very... I'll say it like, you know, just to reward Star-Lord. He doesn't need to be rewarded with a woman is what I'm saying. And I think that that's really valuable, especially considering how I think that Guardians of the Galaxy doesn't believe in doing that. And I also think that the way they handled Gamora's storyline, wonderful. I think that it's done effectively because it does make sense for her character to be like that especially after Avengers Endgame where her character gets pulled from the past and she's like an alternative version of like Thanos's daughter and all that. So it is such a complex layer of things. Like I think that there is a part of me that misses that old Gamora, but you know, that's the idea is that you move on from that character and you embrace this version of Gamora who's living her life the way she is. I really appreciated the way that the film, you know, gives these characters a mature ending and concludes their storylines in a way that doesn't feel like rewards for nothing, but rather like it's rewarding for the audience because we get to see these characters, you know, get to their points and it makes sense. It doesn't feel like it's subverting expectations in a way that's bad it makes sense like i've seen people say that this movie subverts expectations which i'm like i don't know i really don't i think it makes sense it makes sense that we would see rocket raccoon's origin story this way and it is a tragic origin story which gets me down to the thing that i've seen a lot of critics bring up that i think is a valid concern i think it is a valid concern to see a movie 
in which animal abuse, animal torture, and animal, like, you know, mistreatment of animals is a hyper-focus in the film, and whether or not James Gunn does a great job handling those scenes, I'll let you decide. I think he does. I think he knows when to cut away from things, and he knows that to use CGI animals a certain way, and he knows not to, like, you know, overindulge in the violence when it comes to the animals. Granted, I do think that some of the animals are a little bit more, you know, maybe nightmare fuel for some children, but that's, you know, some children. I'm not saying that, that that's bad or good. I think that it's okay for children to be scared of something. It doesn't make them weaker or stronger, in my opinion. I think that it just means that they're scared of something. Some children are scared of clowns. I wouldn't recommend a lot of children watching. I've met some people who even get scared of, like, some of the, the child catcher in that one movie, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. So what am I going <laughs> to complain about, you know? It's not... In my opinion, it's not a it, children's media, and this, I don't call this children's media, but media that I think children do like, like children do like superhero movies. I think this might be, you know, mature enough to not be appealing to children to an extent, but I think children would appreciate a film where there's actual tension and actual like gravitas to things, like that there are stakes and that there are risks for the characters to undertake. And it feels really, really powerful that way. And so I've been missing this in the MCU. This movie kind of gives you back a lot of the sentiments of the older MCU movies, which is that you really do feel that the film is finally actually going to put their characters in danger. It doesn't feel like there's constant jokes that are out of place. Yes, there are jokes in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, but they are not out of place in the way that other films have. And it's always been established that Guardians of the Galaxy had a certain sense of humor and a certain eclectic soundtrack that appeals to that to that part of the franchise. So it makes a lot of sense that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 would have that level of humor. That's valid. In fact, it makes sense. The other films like Thor, Love, and Thunder put a lot of humor in the film same with ant-man and the wasp quantumania that just felt really out of place and the filmmakers didn't know how to effectively weave it into the drama james gunn has always been good at putting humor and drama and tension and action really well together mix it in where it makes sense it creates a style that you know is familiar to audiences like myself but i think it also makes sense for just anybody to get into like it just it, it's it makes sense. Like, it just all makes sense. Like, if a joke happens, it happens when it needs to happen. It's very effective script writing, you know? I think that the script for this movie needs to be looked at in terms of how, you know, how do you interconnect the humor of Guardians of the Galaxy and the self-awareness of that franchise with the sincerity and the gut-punching that it needs to have in order to depict the really sad scenes of Rocket Raccoon's origin story, the flashback, those flashbacks, being able to effectively show these characters go through their emotional crises. It does mix in so well that I'm actually really happy that the film 
is so effective that way. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 needs to be looked at by future superhero-like MCU writers. If you are a striving MCU writer or somebody that really wants to get into writing superhero movies, look at the script in this movie. Look at how it's handled. Look at how it's directed. This is how you do it. This is how you direct and write a film in a way that is still your style, but doesn't feel like out of place of a larger universe and has humor in it that does not take away from the drama of the situation. You can literally have a scene where Rocket Raccoon like witnesses some of the most traumatic things and it does hold weight and it's scary and frightening, especially the high evolutionary who's a wonderfully portrayed villain he is effectively evil like this is somebody that's like really scary and genuinely intimidating as a character and the fact is that the that the writing supports it this is a case where you know it's not like jonathan majors with kang where he has to elevate the writing and even then he can't elevate it he can only deliver it in a better way it's actually a shame that jonathan majors you know despite his legal problems will I, I don't want to talk too much about that because that's an ongoing situation. But the thing is, it's a shame that Jonathan Majors got stuck with a subpar script in Quantumania because he deserves better than that. He deserves, quite frankly, a film where it's, you know, there's, the villain is actually depicted as evil. like, And he is, you know, you get a feeling that he might actually be hard to beat. The High Evolutionary is an actual villain that does seem like he'd be impossible to beat. He is giving like Thanos level vibes and that should have been for Kang. I think that Jonathan Majors in his film is wonderful, but I think that the script really hurts his character, not here. And I think that this is a case where you got to look at the two villains and see how one villain is depicted so evil and had given so much weight even though he's meant to be a villain for one movie while the villain for an entire franchise is given the weight and the dignity of a one-time villain which i don't think is a good idea i definitely think that it's really sad that jonathan majors got stuck making a film that just wasn't effective and it's sad because he probably won't get an another opportunity for a while but We'll see how it get how it gets there because you know that legal situation looks really bad for him. Anyways, I'm talking about Jonathan Majors when I don't have to. But still, my point is this is how you make a great villain. This is how you write in dark stuff while mixing in the incredibly signature James Gunn humor that works so well. I think this is a great film. I really appreciated it. I've been giving these Guardians of the Galaxy projects like four stars each, like the first movie, second movie, the Christmas special. I've been criticized for being really generous with that one, which I don't care. I don't care if I'm generous with that one. I'll give it four stars because it is a fun Christmas special and it does effectively, you know, elevate its characters and give its characters a little bit more weight. So that way, when I watch this new film, I see what they did with the holiday special and i'm like you know what this holiday special did add to this i feel more connected with these characters because of the holiday special and the last two films but the holiday special really did do a good job of establishing these things and so i'm happy 
that I got to see it. And so that's why I gave it four stars because I had a feeling that would effectively not only was it funny and just, you know, wonderful in terms of like the chemistry between the two actors in that film. I just think in that special, I just think that it added to this film. And that is where I'm that's my defense. However, if I'm going to say anything, I am. There is a po- two post-credit scenes that are really funny, and I love them for what they are. They're really like just charismatic and all that. There is a message at the end of the film, a very, very brief one, and so I'm curious about where it's gonna go. I'm not gonna say what it is. I'm curious to see what they're gonna do because I was under one impression, but we'll see. We'll see. I am excited to see where James Gunn goes in his DC universe. I think that he has really grown as a filmmaker, but he's also never been, in my opinion, an ineffective filmmaker. He's always been really good, and he's always had this ability to, you know, maybe he doesn't know how to write women all that well sometimes. And I and I definitely think that his writing of women has been, you know, criticized, uh, critiqued, not criticized, critiqued well enough. And I'm glad James Gunn got to be back on the MCU because, you know, him getting fired was not, I didn't agree with him getting fired. Sure. Those jokes were terrible, but he apologized and they were made like 10 years ago and he didn't actually harm a person. So, you know, as the one would say, that's how it is. I would say that James Gunn has a lot of stuff going for him in the Superman legacy film. So I'm excited to see where he goes. Peacemaker excited to see where that's going to go in season two because he knows how to end his stories he knows how to get his stories in a way that's mature and he knows not to reward someone like star lord with a woman and i'm excited about that i'm excited to see how he depicts superman and how well written he's going to have it you know i'm just curious to see how his superman's going to be I'm just really excited to see him grow as a filmmaker and see him do these projects that he really wants to do. Overall, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is effective, emotionally riveting, gut-punching. It's really just a wonderful send-off for these characters. And I hope that future filmmakers look at this film as sort of a sign that this is how you make effective superhero films. And this is how you make comedy and drama and action mixing really well because these action scenes were just as amazing as the comedy scenes and the comedy scenes and the drama scenes mixed in really well. This is how you do it. This is how you create compassion for your characters. And I think in many ways, Guardians of the Galaxy could be the Star Wars of their generation. I think there's going to be a group of fans who will still want to see these characters time and time again. And I'm happy to say it deserves four stars from me because I love this franchise within this franchise. And hopefully we get to see more. But if this is the end, it's an effective end and I'm happy for it. Mm-hmm.